Please pray with me. Almighty God, open our ears. Open our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. Speak to us and grant us the grace to listen and to hear what you would say this day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. One of the things I've come to love about Palm Sunday and about Holy Week in general is that in this week, the liturgy is not just something that happens to us or even something that happens around us. We aren't reduced to spectators. We're active participants in the story. I love the way this liturgy opens. On this day, our Lord Jesus Christ entered Jerusalem and was welcomed as king with palms and shouts of praise. Today, we greet him as our king, though we know that his crown was a crown of thorns and his throne a cross. And even in a time of quarantine, when many are not able to gather with us here in the sanctuary, when we're not all able to participate fully in the Eucharistic liturgy, as difficult as this is, those who are watching from afar or listening are still not reduced to mere spectators. As you heard in the announcements, we're inviting everyone who can do so safely to join in a Palm Sunday procession this afternoon, to go for a walk around your own home, around your apartment complex, around your block or your neighborhood, palm branches in hand. In some neighborhoods, we'll have several households out walking together, spaced apart. And should someone feel led to start singing, it does just so happen that the traditional hymn for Palm Sunday processions is in your Holy Week booklet. Today, in spite of everything, we have the opportunity to become active participants in this story. And so this morning, I want us to look closely at that first Palm Gospel reading, the opening verses of Matthew chapter 21, and ask, who is this king whom we greet with song and welcome with shouts of praise? What are we doing when we walk in procession? What does it mean for us today to acclaim him as our king knowing that his crown was a crown of thorns and his throne a cross. First, in Jesus, we welcome a king who has authority. The first thing that happens as Jesus approaches Jerusalem, he sends two disciples on ahead to fetch a donkey and her colt. And then he adds, if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them. Now, notice what Jesus does not say. I'm borrowing here from a commentary on Matthew from the early church. He doesn't instruct them to say, our Lord needs them. It's not, your Lord needs them. It's not even, the donkey's Lord needs them. No, just say, the Lord needs them. The Lord because he's the only one. The owners of the donkey and the colt presumably thought that the animals were theirs to do with as they choose. 
And in a sense, they were. But Jesus sends two disciples to assert a more fundamental ownership. The Romans thought Jerusalem was part of their dominion. But Jesus allows his followers to announce the arrival of the son of David, the anointed one. Bishop N.T. Wright points out that this entrance recalls an Old Testament scene. When Jehu was anointed as king in defiance of the existing one. And Jehu's followers spread their cloaks under his feet as a sign of loyalty, Wright says. We think that our homes, our families, our days and hours, our desires, our plans, our attention spans, belong to us. But as the Dutch theologian and politician Abraham Kuyper famously said, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. And so as sad as I am this week about the ways that the pandemic is constraining our Holy Week worship, I've actually found myself really excited about these Palm Sunday processions. In effect, these restrictions are forcing us to take this bizarre thing we do each year, marching around the block here at 10th and Jefferson, and spread it all over the place. All across Waco and beyond, we're laying down our cloaks. We're confessing our loyalty. We're declaring that Jesus is king, not just over what happens in a church building, not just what takes place on Sundays, but out there, in our hearts, in our homes, in our streets, in our businesses, in our families, in our hospitals, in our fears and anxieties and uncertainty about the future, anything in all of creation, the sovereign king declares, and today we declare with him, that belongs to Jesus. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them and they'll send them immediately. On Palm Sunday, we accept and proclaim Jesus' authority. But as so often happens in Scripture, there's a paradox here. Because in Jesus, we also welcome a king who comes in humility. Matthew quotes the prophet Zechariah, Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, meaning look, pay attention. Your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Many in Jerusalem have been waiting for a king, but Jesus doesn't act like the king they thought they were waiting for. His followers sing and shout and wave palm branches like their ancestors did 200 years earlier when they welcomed Judas Maccabeus into the city in triumph. But Jesus hasn't fought and won any great military victories. He doesn't arrive in a chariot or on a war horse ready to overthrow the Romans. He arrives humbly. He rides on the foal of a beast of burden, 
There's an element of humility even in his declaration of authority that the Lord should acknowledge need. That the true king has to borrow someone's donkey. As Paul writes to the Philippians, although he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, abandoning all royal privileges and prerogatives, taking the form of a servant. Jesus makes himself, just as they lay the garments of beauty and worldly glory down on the road before him, so Jesus has already laid aside his own glory. We read in Isaiah, he had no stately form. He had no majesty that we should be drawn to him. Today we announce Jesus' authority over all, but in a way, don't we also enact his humility? Because we're scattered. The number of people in this room are so few. We can't assemble and stand together shoulder to shoulder. I've had these conversations in the past week with folks who are asking, what can we do? What are we supposed to do about this pandemic? And yes, there are small things, and these things matter. Sending a note, making a call, checking in on someone who might be alone, preparing a meal, saying a prayer, sewing that handmade mask, or donating your stimulus check to support those in need taking a walk along the street with a palm branch in your hand. But if we're honest, any action that any one of us can take, or even several of us strung out along a city block, seems so inadequate, so terribly small and feeble in the face of the world's ache and the world's desperate need, and people are feeling that today. The crowd shouts, Hosanna, meaning Lord, save. And it's a shout of praise. Hosanna to the Son of David, something like God saves the King. But it's also a cry for deliverance, isn't it? Lord, save. The need around us is so overwhelming. Lord, save. Our hearts are so uncertain. Lord, save. Our strength is so small. Hosanna. But what we see today and what we proclaim today is that in our very smallness, even the powerlessness that we feel, we have a king who joins us there. Jesus has shared our powerlessness. Jesus has known our ache and our need. Jesus has been small too. Today we greet him as our king, though we know that his crown was a crown of thorns and his throne a cross. We hear it this morning, and this is the strange whiplash of every Palm Sunday liturgy, that the king who is welcomed with shouts and adoration is shamed and beaten and put to death. And the strangest part of it is that Jesus doesn't go in blind. When he rides into the city of Jerusalem, Jesus knows what's about to happen to him. 
Jesus accepts what's about to happen to him. Philippians says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Behold, O daughter of Zion, your king is coming to you. The astounding assertion of the gospel, the astounding claim we make today when we acknowledge Jesus as our king, is that this, this is how the kingdom comes. This is how the kingdom arrives, and in no other way. Not through a show of political power or military strength. Not through vast plans and ingenious schemes. Not through global collaboration. Not through medical or technical breakthrough, though we pray for those things. No. The kingdom arrives in humility. The kingdom arrives on a donkey. The kingdom arrives as a king nailed to a cross. The kingdom arrives like a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds, buried in the ground. Scripture says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Because in this king who comes with authority, but at the same time who arrives in humility, we catch a glimpse of a hidden triumph. Matthew quotes Zechariah 9 verse 9, but he actually skips a line. There's something hidden here. Here's what the prophet says in full. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Another translation reads, triumphant and victorious is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey. On a colt, the foal of a donkey. The one who comes in humility brings with him a hope of salvation. Hosanna. But first he has to be crowned with thorns. First he has to take his throne on the hardwood of the cross. First he has to drain this cup of suffering to the dregs. He has to go all the way down in uttermost abject humiliation as if to say even death itself is not beyond his authority. Of even death itself, the Lord says, no, that's mine. Hand over the keys. The Lord needs them. That's what we announce today with our small processions. A pandemic may require social distancing, Shelter-at-home orders may severely limit our gatherings. Disease may threaten our jobs. It may imperil our loved ones. It may even bring our own bodies down to the grave. But brothers and sisters, COVID-19 can't cancel the kingdom of God. Even death itself will be swallowed up in this victory. Today we greet him as our king, though we know that his crown was a crown. Today we welcome a Lord who comes with authority over all creation, all of it. Today we behold a king who draws near to us in humility and enters into our suffering. Today we raise our voices in a loud hosanna, a cry for deliverance, but also a shout of praise. As we catch a glimpse of hidden triumph and the assurance of salvation like a seed buried in the ground, as we wait for Easter morning. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.